What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about Hassle Cattle Company. We brought you damn good beer with Breckenridge Brewery, and now we're giving you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the United States straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Waggy Franks without any fillers and jerky, including sweet and spicy and original. And boy, the sweet and spicy is to die for. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. And not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bolds and breeds with their Angus cows, giving you the very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com and use promo code 10 dnvr10 for 10% off your order that's dnvr10 for 10% off in any order over $200 you receive free shipping so check out hassle cattle company get yourself some damn good beef all right mace let's hop into the show Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday. I'm your host, Zach Steven, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. Guys, MSU Denver has something for everyone. Whether you're a first-time freshman and you want to start and just take classes to graduate, you can do that at MSU Denver. If you're an existing student and want to finish a degree, MSU Denver can hook you up there as well. And then also, if you just want to retool, take a class, here or there or slowly work on a degree you can do that you can be any age to go to msu denver online and do that so make sure to check them out they have over 750 classes that you can explore there so make sure to check them out msudenver.edu slash online my boy mace what is shaking happy wednesday my friend muted yeah thanks <laughs> yeah that all of a sudden it's now not a happy wednesday <laughs> <laughs> We can flip this thing around, right? We'll see. I don't know that what we're about to discuss here is going to bring a lot of happiness to uh, oh, no. to to Broncos country and uh, the listeners and uh, what they're hoping for at the quarterback position because uh, something was reported yesterday in the Las Vegas Review Journal that frankly presents a scary possibility for the Denver Broncos. Oh, no, you're saying Las Vegas, scary for Denver. It makes me think quarterback upgrade. Potentially. Oh, no. Oh, no. Deshaun Watson. Potentially. Oh, and no. um, 
We'll just go to uh, the report from Vincent Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review Journal, who who said Derek Carr's outstanding season has made him a sought-after commodity for teams in need of a quarterback and could open the door for the Raiders to pursue Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. The Raiders are obviously not tipping their hand about any offseason moves, but several NFL insiders expect the Raiders to field calls from teams inquiring about cars, availability, increased demand for services. Insiders say could create a scenario in which a three-team trade allows the Raiders to acquire Deshaun Watson. Oh my goodness, Mace! We literally uh, joked about this earlier yes. in the week. We had uh, we said how much of a doomsday scenario that would be, and then we had a commenter yesterday say they were laughing about it, just uh, you know, thinking about Derek Carr potentially going to Houston. But this tells me if there's a three-way trade, that Derek Carr probably wouldn't be going to Houston. It would just be a way to funnel Deshaun Watson straight to Vegas. Right, and I think the thing that kind of comes up here is with First of all, with Carr to Houston, of course, Derek Carr's older brother, David, was the first draft pick of the Houston Texans back in 02. And for, for reasons varied and sundry, some on David Carr's shoulders, some not. He did not succeed with the Texans back in 02 to 06 when he was their quarterback. And I remember when... Derek Carr's name was coming up in the 2014 draft and Houston was a team that was perceived to be in need of a quarterback at the time and hearing from around the league from some people that the Texans, even if they liked Derek Carr and there were people in their building that did, they knew that they couldn't take Derek Carr because basically there was still a degree of PTSD for their fans regarding Carr's older brother and uh, that they couldn't really pick him and, and subject him to that or subject their fans to that. Ultimately, of course, Carr became a Raider. So uh, Derek Carr himself on the trade market, Zach, probably fetches a, two first-round picks. Yep, yep. I think he absolutely does. Mace, when you look at Derek Carr's numbers, he's a younger Matthew Stafford. That's what Derek Carr is. He's he's mm. 29 right now. What Matthew Stafford is 33. Is that right? If I remember right. Uh, yeah. So four years younger. And what did we say? Matthew Stafford, what he, he was, he was an above 60% passer at about 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns to 10 interceptions per year. Well, Mace, Derek Carr, 25 touchdowns to 10 interceptions per year. That's what he averages at 64% completion, which is above that 60% mark and 3,900 yards per season. I mean, this is just exactly Matthew Stafford, just younger. And so he, he's even more valuable than Matthew Stafford. So you're absolutely right. I think when you talk about Derek Carr's trade value, you're talking two first round picks, just like Matthew Stafford just got. Yeah, it's, Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. And <laughs> look, if the Raiders have Derek Carr, we've seen the last few years that it's not a team that scares you. Now it's not strictly on Derek Carr because you have to look at the defensive factors. But at the same time, Carr has not been enough to elevate the Raiders when things go wrong. And that, 
that's kind of, and really that's what separates the elite quarterbacks from like that second tier quarterbacks, say six to like 15 or so that those guys at the top shelf are the ones that can elevate a team. Despite other things being missing, you get to the second tier, a pretty broad tier, but it does include guys like Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr. And Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, another name that that sometimes comes up uh, in quarterback speculation this offseason. And these are guys that have shown that while they're good and effective, they can't necessarily elevate their their teams when things are going wrong. And that's why I think you hit the nail on the head. He's a younger Matthew Stafford in a lot of ways. And so you can expect the, 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 the price tag in a trade to reflect that. And so the Raiders, they're sitting there and they say, okay, we've got to accumulate three, even four first round picks to do it. Well, the best asset they have to try to get that is Derek Carr. Yep. Yep. Who they wouldn't need if they had Deshaun Watson. So it's kind of a complicated, it's kind of a complicated deal. Now the question then becomes, all right, let's say the Raiders want Derek Carr. Or, or want to show on Watson. If it's a three team deal, what if that deal ends up results in Derek Carr being a Bronco? How would you feel about that? Could you imagine Mace, not, not Derek Carr being a Bronco because that would be an upgrade, but could you imagine the Broncos being in on a deal that helped Deshaun Watson go to the Raiders? I mean, yeah. boy, that would be killer, but I mean, Mace, we all said Matthew Stafford would be a huge upgrade from what the Broncos had at quarterback last year. And we're saying that Derek Carr is just a younger Matthew Stafford. So for the Broncos, when you look at this just through a tiny microscope and you see that big quarterback upgrade for the Broncos, Derek Carr is a guy that could take the Broncos to the playoffs. Uh, He's done that with the Raiders. Like you said, you, you put it perfectly. He's not a guy that's going to elevate the entire team and always have them in the playoffs. He's not a top tier quarterback. But he is a good quarterback that that can win you games. Uh, and he, I think he could do very good things with this team, Mace, and, and help the Broncos get to the playoffs, potentially been, be a, a winning team just next year when he gets here. Some stability at the quarterback position. But man, just could you imagine? Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing. He could elevate your team. But if you're George Payton, and shoot, if it, you're thinking you're, you're thinking obviously about making your team better and that is your number one priority. But what if the result of that in this case is making your opponent, your division rival better. And all of a sudden creating a scenario where you turn around, look around the AFC West and see Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, I mean, you'd better hope that Derek Carr and what he's and and what he's done the last three years uh, in particular is is legit that you, you know, you go through the last the last three years of play and of the 48 quarterbacks that have thrown at least 300 passes in the last uh, three years of play. Derek Carr, he's he's 10th in passer rating. He is third in completion percentage. He is. Uh, let's see here. He's 10th in interception percentage. He is a, a little lower in touchdown percentage. He's 27th. You'd want to improve that. But that being said, a, an efficient quarterback, a quarterback who doesn't make a lot of big mistakes, you'd hope that he's more dynamic. 
but it, you'd really yeah i mean <laughs> it makes you just straight up can't do it you, you, can't, you can't do, do it the because trade. <laughs> you can't i don't think you can be a part of a deal that results in a division rival game to sean watson no, no, I totally agree because Mace, I think, I, I think Justin Herbert is that good. I think he is going to be a top quarterback. I mean, what he did last year, I can't discount that at all. So you get Derek Carr, you get an upgrade, but Mace, you're pretty much locking yourself in to have the worst quarterback in the division. No matter how good Derek Carr is, he's probably going to be the worst quarterback in the division for the next 10 years. I mean, that is just, it, it's scary thought. And that's something that you can't be a part of. So right there, even though it's a huge upgrade, the Broncos just can't be in a deal like that. It's amazing to think about that and saying, yeah, he could, he could be the worst quarterback in the AFC West as R2D2 goes off on my phone. <laughs> the dude, the last two years, the dude has two passer ratings of North of a hundred. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's, if if you go by his production and efficiency metrics the last couple of years, he's not, I mean, he's not in the elite, but he is in that next group. I mean, yeah, and he, he may be the top of the next group, right? He, he is, he's probably, if, if you ranked again, if you ranked all the quarterbacks, he one to 32, I mean, where does he end up? Like probably about ninth, 10th, 11th. Yeah. I mean, actually right now you'd say he's, He's more efficient than Justin Herbert. So here's the question in all of this. If you're the Broncos and you're given the chance to get Derek Carr, but you have to surrender two first-round picks and you know that your participation in this deal results in Deshaun Watson being a Raider, what do you do? Nope. Nope. <laughs> you can't, you can't do it. Now mm-hmm. here's the, here's the tricky thing, Mace is if the Raiders really want this done, they could probably find another partner. So the question yes. is, and, and let's say, let's say the Raiders couldn't find another partner. They have to have you, but then it's easy. Then you say no, no deal. And then the Raiders will not get Deshaun Watson, but Mace, if they are able to find another partner to make this go through, then that's the question. What do you do? Because you know the Raiders are going to get Deshaun Watson regardless. Do you trade in order to get Derek Carr or do you not? What are you doing? Yeah. I can't I can't help the Raiders pull this off. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I know that the focus should be on your team first. I get that. And Derek Carr, while not of the ceiling of Deshaun Watson, he makes your team better. If Derek Carr were a Bronco, I would expect this team to be a playoff team in 2021, even with every, everything else around them. Wouldn't mm-hmm. expect them to win the division, would expect them to win the playoffs. And I would expect Derek Carr to be a quarterback for this team for several years. But you can't help facilitate Deshaun Watson into your division. You just can't, you can't do it. No. So I'm afraid my answer would have to be no on this. I agree, Mace. You, you, you can't do it. You you just can't. You can't do that. And additionally, if it does cost the Matthew Stafford price, two first-round picks, and let's even say it's not this year. You get to keep nine. It's 2022 and 2023. You still can't do it. You can't do it. And instead, what I'm doing is if you know Deshaun Watson is going to the Raiders, whether it's with your help or not, I'm saying I can't do it. I can't help the Raiders, but – 
I know I need a huge quarterback upgrade mm-hmm. and a huge quarterback upgrade, even more than the upgrade that Derek Carr would be. So that's when you start trading up in the first round in order to get a guy who you think has the potential to be one of these guys to compete with these other three guys in your division. So you're, you're trading into the top five. And if you identify that as Justin Fields, you're doing it. If you identify it as Zach Wilson, you're doing it. That's what you need to do if it gets to this nightmarish point. Yeah, and and it is a nightmarish point to con- to consider this. I know. Um, uh, looking at all the mock drafts as as they're continuing to come down, uh, one of the latest ones is from Bucky Brooks of uh, NFL Network and NFL.com. And uh, oh yeah, Justin Fields second to the Jets, Zach Wilson fourth to the fourth to the Falcons, mm. Trey Lance eighth to the Panthers. They have the Broncos taking Patrick Sertan the second. A perfectly cromulent uh, pick there, but yep. not one that uh, changes things at the quarterback position for this year. Look, I I do still think the most likely outcome of all this is a hedge to some degree, a competition for Drew Locke. But still, if you're George Payton and you're exploring all avenues, maybe this avenue that we discussed isn't an avenue you're going to explore, but maybe at least think about it, even though it does bring Deshaun Watson into your division. Like you said, I think this ends up happening with another team. If it does, what is their outlook for the next decade? Bad. It's a really scary, scary uh, outlook Mace, because you're not just competing with Patrick Mahomes. You're competing uh, with three other very good quarterbacks. So this, it would be very, very scary proposition. Uh, and Mace, this is something that scares me even more because the Raiders probably wanted that information to get out that Derek Carr is a hot commodity driving his price tag up. So this is something that tells me, okay, they're ready. They're ready to make their move. They're ready to go make Deshaun Watson their quarterback. Now, just because they want him doesn't mean that that's going to happen, but just that the intense out there, this is to me is the first sign of this. Yeah, I would agree. And it shows, it shows that they want to join the sweepstakes and uh, you know, maybe, maybe some of it, Zach is looking around. Maybe some of this is a reaction to the Broncos Maybe being in it, maybe not. Depends who you ask. Woody Page says that Deshaun Watson doesn't have the Broncos on the list. Mike Cliss says, oh, yeah, he might be. I think that probably uh, one of the wisest uh, reports or or notions comes from Adam Schefter of ESPN, who has said uh, with Deshaun Watson, he hasn't even made a list yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's a good point. And we're, we're still pretty early in the process. And, I, and look, the Deshaun Watson thing – it's probably going to play out over a long period of time. This isn't going to be like Matthew Stafford where uh, the parties end up agreeing in the next few days. This is something that's going to play itself out over the next up to several months, maybe not even maybe not even through the draft. Of course, why it's interesting to bring that up is 10 years ago, the Raiders made a trade for a quarterback who held out into the season trading for Carson Palmer at midseason. That trade didn't work out. There are different people in charge of the Raiders now, but uh, at the same time, that was Carson Palmer. This is Deshaun Watson. <laughs> You're two, exactly right. Two completely different different uh, standards here. 
Yep. You're you're a hundred percent right. And speaking of quarterbacks, Mace, you said you, you still think the Broncos get a hedge and that's what they do. Well, there's potentially some news about one of those potential hedges the Broncos could be going for. Mace, tell us the news about one Sam Darnold. Well, not really news, but this is uh, coming from Adam Schefter, who was on a, a radio program in the San Francisco Bay Area, Haberman and Middlecoff. And the subject of Sam Darnold came up, and I'm just going to play the clip. What would he fetch, you think? Does he get a first rounder if they make him available? Depends on the level of interest, and it depends on how the quarterback chairs fall. So if all of a sudden there were a bunch of teams in on Matthew Stafford, and they look at Sam Darnold and they say, you know, we really like this guy. Do I think they're getting a top 10 pick for Sam Darnold? No. Do I think that they could get a first-round pick, a later first-round pick? Yes. Yes. Now, again, let's use Carolina as an example because they were linked to Matthew Stafford. Carolina's got the eighth pick in the draft. Do I think that they would trade the eighth pick for Sam Darnold? No. So maybe they trade the eighth pick to the Jets. And, and this it's not going to happen. I'm just giving you an example. No, I know. talking about Maybe they trade the eighth pick and then the Jets send them back their their second round, their second first round pick, so that the Jets go up to eight, but then there's some sort of offset there. Again, Sam Darnold, in my mind, uh, I know people will say no way. Uh, they, they'll say he's not worth a first round pick. I headed into the offseason thinking that they would get a second round pick and maybe something else for him. I thought that would be his value if they decided to trade him. I think with all the movement going on, I think with what Matthew Stafford went for, I think that his value in the end, if they trade him, will be some sort of late one. That's my that's my sense and belief. For more of our conversation. Oh my goodness. A first round pick for Sam Darnold? Oh no, Mace. That's not a hedge price tag. And I no. think with what Adams said there about Carolina, effectively you can substitute what the Broncos will would have to do there because the Broncos pick one selection after Carolina picking ninth in the first round. So if the demand for Sam Darnold is going up, that's a price tag that I can't see the Broncos paying because look, if you do trade effectively a late first round pick to the jets for Sam Darnold, what you're saying is that Sam Darnold's going to be the guy. Oh, it's yeah. a later first round pick, but it's still a first round pick. Yep. It would be the exact same thing as Matthew Stafford, Mace. Broncos wanted to offer equivalent of a first round pick for Matthew Stafford. Well, yeah. there's no question he would have came in and, be, and been their guy. Same thing with Sam Darnold. There's no hedge here. Heck, maybe Drew Locke is headed to the Jets in that sort of deal just because of how much Sam Darnold would be the guy. And you can't do it, Mace. You cannot do it. You need an upgrade at quarterback and if you're going to pay the price of an upgrade which would be a first round pick mm -hmm. you have to get an upgrade sam darnold was pretty much had the same numbers as drew lock last year which was not good i mean every time we, we talked about you know how tough drew's numbers were last year sam darnold was in that exact same conversation i know he was the third overall pick in the draft and you know has a lot of potential but you're bringing him in here for I don't know at most to me, a third round pick. I mean, that, that that's the most, I wouldn't even want to do that to bring Sam Darnold in. And so just the idea of a second round pick too, I don't like that at all. Yeah. If you go through the last two years 
and go through the 40 quarterbacks with at least 300 attempts the last two seasons. There are three quarterbacks with passer ratings below 80. Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, and Dwayne Haskins. Think about that for a moment. Now, Dwayne Haskins, there were obviously other issues involved with Haskins, and he ended up being being released by Washington, and Pittsburgh goes ahead and eventually picks him up. But if Sam Darnold, now he's a former first round pick, so that's that that weighs into this as as this process as well. I mean, you 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 can't separate the yet separate the original draft status from Sam Darnold and Drew Locke. And this is why if Drew Locke were hypothetically on the market, you, the Broncos would be lucky to get back what they invested in him in term, you know, basically a middle second round pick. Oh. But uh, yeah, uh, if if Sam Darnold's price tag is the equivalent of a late first round pick, no, thank you. No, he's not an upgrade. No, and uh, if, if Darnold and Locke are in the in a competition together, uh, just if all things were equal, I don't think, I don't think Darnold wins the competition. I think I think Drew Locke wins it, and, and uh, even I mean, and really, it's it's funny. I mean. Darnold and Drew Locke the last two years, it's like the the Spider-Man, the twin Spider-Man memes where they're pointing at each other. (laughs) They're passerating the last two seasons the exact same, 79.1. Darnold's completion percentage, 60.9. Drew's 59.1. Touchdown touchdown interception. Sam Darnold, 28 to 24. Drew Locke, 23 to, to, to 18. Uh, interception percentage, Sam Darnold, 2.98. Drew Locke, 3.01. They're, I mean, touchdown percentage, Sam Darnold, 3.5. Drew Locke, 3.8. These guys are basically different paths, but they've gotten to the same point. Yep, yep. Macy, you mentioned three quarterbacks when you were talking about the, those stats. You said mm-hmm. Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, and Dwayne Haskins. Well, Dwayne Haskins is taking the approach that Sam Darnold needs. And that is going to the Steelers to sit mm-hmm. behind Ben Roethlisberger for a year or two or three and see if he can he, he can rebound. Maybe he can. That football rehab behind a vet quarterback, uh, that that's probably the best place for a Sam Darnold. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, probably many people around the country make that argument for Drew Locke as well, that he needs more time and being behind a vet to learn from would probably be good. So putting those two together is not the recipe you need. And Mace, if, if the Broncos are okay, with trading a first round pick for all these different quarterbacks well don't trade back to pick up an additional second round pick and trade for sam darnold with that first round pick mace what you should do just use that ninth overall pick and if you have to trade up well trade up or just use a ninth overall pick to get a guy that you think can come in and immediately be an upgrade or become that upgrade in two or three years, because that's, that's what you do at this point. If you're desperate for a quarterback, well, just get your guy. Don't just get any guy. Cause he's available. Well, if they stood pat at nine and picked a quarterback, that would likely mean your guy, Mac Jones. <laughs> yes, it would. And I, hey, I'm okay with that. But I'm also okay with, with moving up and getting Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, mm-hmm. Trey Lance. I mean, uh, Mace, I'm I'm just a little more skeptical on the Trey Lance because uh, of how much right. of a project he could be. But still, I would way rather have Trey Lance than be trading a first-round pick for Sam Darnold. 
And yeah, and what all of this also tells me is that the most likely possibility here, even though we discuss all of these things, the most likely possibility for the Broncos in 2021 is a veteran hedge competition for Drew Locke. And then it's a question of whether they can accumulate some more 2022 capital to where if Drew Locke does not work out, they are in position to go get the quarterback in next year's draft to go trade up and get a Sam Howell or Spencer Rattler or Keaton Slovis, or maybe they're standing Pat or for Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, or they're having a trade up. If he ends up a balling out in 2021 in much the same way he did for the Bearcats this past season. So that I, I, I still think with all that, with all we're discussing, I still think, that outcome is the most likely that we're sitting here in a few months preparing for a quarterback competition. And even though I want the hedge with upside, I'm guessing it's going to be the 30 something hedge, the Foles, Tyrod Taylor, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick type of hedge. And then if Drew Locke does well, he's the guy. If he doesn't do well, they ride that bridge to the end of the season and wherever it goes, and then are prepared to have a young another young guy come in in 2022. I mean, it's fun to discuss all these possibilities, but all the noise still leads me to that conclusion right now. Yeah, yeah, you're you're 100 right. And Mace, I'm not looking forward to uh, some Jacksonville Jaguars beat writer coming out and saying that Gardner Minshew is also going to take a first round pick in well, order to get him. That here, I mean, think about this, what, what Adam Schefter is saying. That Sam Darnold, who, I mean, yes, he's a first-round pick, a high first-round pick. Sam Darnold is one of the least efficient, least productive quarterbacks in the NFL. If Sam Darnold is worth a late first-round pick <laughs> on the market, what is Gardner Minshew worth? Yeah. And, and, I, and, here's, and here's the thing. If you're talking about competition for Drew Locke, Gardner Minshew, you'd probably give a third round pick to the Jaguars, perhaps for Minshew to be that, uh, that hedge to provide competition. You think that's reasonable? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, I've watched, I've watched Sam Darnold. I've watched Gardner Minshew the last couple of years, as we all have. If Sam Darnold is worth a late first round pick, Gardner Minshew is worth a top 10 pick. <laughs> right. I was going to say he's worth the ninth pick. And obviously yes. you, you don't do that because you're, you're exactly right, Mace. He's probably worth a third round pick. That That's what I'd feel comfortable giving up. That's why you don't give a top 10 pick. You don't make the deal. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, I know you get in measurables, tools, blah, blah, blah. By every metric the last couple of years, Gardner Minshew is a better quarterback. And you can't say that he's got appreciably better skill talent around him than Sam Darnold is at. No. He no, hasn't. you can't. You can't. Oh, my goodness, man. It's going to be something else seeing just how expensive quarterbacks are. And Mace, I guess this is just a good reminder to everyone how valuable the quarterback position is. And it's, it's tough to come across a discount. And all of these price tags... Uh, that we're talking about again, if, if, if Darnold is worth a late one, what that means for others, it's the kind of thing that may make George Payton in his first go round having finals say Blanche. And it might make Payton go to that, that hedge on the market that you can have for just the price of the salary and uh, that, and 
nothing and nothing in terms of draft capital because you're not making a trade. The other thing that has to come up because there are dominoes that fall for any of these speculative possibilities to go back to car to car for a second. And if they bring in Deshaun Watson, does that mean that Marcus Mariota is available Do the Raiders cut him? And if that's the case, well, then go sign Mariota. And that's the kind of thing that might, that might work out. But again, Mariota, like some of these veterans, it would be competition for Drew Locke. And I think you, you'd be in that, in that vague area where 2021 becomes a wait and see year on Drew Locke. And maybe you're accumulating draft capital, be in position in 2022 to go get that quarterback. Yeah, you're 100% right. If the price tag for trading for any of these guys is going to be a first-round pick right. for Sam Darnold, the market's going to go from there, then you're either going to have to draft a quarterback in the first round with your own draft pick, or you're just going to have to be patient, Mason. You're going to have to sign a $10 million veteran hedge and Andy Dalton. It sounds like a lot of money, but that's just how much they'd be going for right now uh, with, with the way these quarterbacks are valued. Uh, and then just see if Drew Locke can, uh, can continue to grow this year or if if you need to go make certain that you get your guy next year, man, this is, this is a great conversation, a scary mm-hmm. conversation. Uh, and uh, boy, a fun one to think about all the possibilities and thank you to the quarterback market for uh, sponsoring this first segment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's next. I mean, what sort of, uh, what, what sort of speculative bomb is going to be lobbed into the stratosphere today? <laughs> seriously, seriously. Oh boy. Uh, but man, Mace, we still got one more football game of this season. The big game this Sunday. Can't wait for it. And this game deserves a big prize because it's the big game. And to finish off the season, there's no better place to get in on the action than at DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app is giving all players a no-brainer to celebrate the final game. DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored on Sunday. That's right. All it takes is one touchdown to be scored in the game and boom your money is doubled sounds like a no-brainer and if that wasn't enough reason to get in with double the cash you'll be celebrating till next season don't forget about DraftKings big game prediction challenge with up to 55 million dollars in total prizes up for grabs and instant prizes for everyone who enters the contest DraftKings has paid out over seven billion dollars to its players since 2012 so they know a thing or two about big paydays and are gonna make Sunday one of those paydays so head to the app store now download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. That's promo code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money during Sunday night's season finale. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction challenge dash DFS for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Win or lose, you're going to want some good beer. Some damn good beer with you on Super Bowl Sunday. Of course, check out our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer DNVR. Of course, uh, right, na- right now, Zach, though, something big is going on w- over at Breckenridge Brewery leading into Super Bowl Sunday. Because check it out. They've got a vanilla porter-themed meal, maybe a dessert. How about those? We've got them for you. Half-baked harvest has teamed up with Breckenridge Brew for Valentine's Day, which is not too long after Super Sunday, to give you guys the perfect Valentine's Day dinner. You've witnessed the famous RK special and many other mixtures via the tailgate. Now it's time for the professionals to take over and deliver a creamy brown butter 
mushroom chicken. Half-Baked Harvest uses Breck's vanilla porter in the cream sauce to add a richness when paired with buttery mushrooms. You then serve it over fettuccine pasta to complete an easy one skillet dinner. But no meal is complete without a delicious dessert, so they really go in for the kill with a vanilla porter molten chocolate cake. I'm sure your mouth is watering by now, so head over to Breck's Twitter page or Instagram and check out their link in the bio for these delicious recipes and more with Breck Brews and treat yourself to an incredible Valentine's Day dinner. Now, if you don't want to cook and you're in the Denver area, no problem. Check out the farmhouse at their brewery in Littleton. If you order your meal and beer from the farmhouse, use that magical code DNVR. Save $5 off your meal. Of course, you can go pick it up right there to place an order. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. to pick up. They'll bring your order right out to your car for you. That's 303-803-1380 using that code DMVR to get $5 off your meal. And of course, if you don't just want food, no problem. You can order some beers right there from the brewery in Littleton along with your meal over at the farmhouse. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Mace, let's jump into the comment section and talk to the people. First one coming in from Steve is the worst. And Steve, I think you left two comments, but we can't see the first one. So why don't you leave it again about RK's voice? He goes on though and says, but yeah, I just wanted to take time to say thank you for all that you do. For the first time in my life as a Colorado sports fan living in New York, it feels like I'm a part of something. Love y'all. And man, Steve, that just means absolutely everything. That's why we do this to connect not only people in Denver and Colorado, but all, all across the country and world as well. So that, that means everything. Thank you, Steve. Yep. A little taste of Denver via DNVR, wherever you go in the country. And like you said, uh, all over the world, we know people are listening uh, all over this, uh, this mad globe spinning through the cosmos. So yeah, we really, <laughs> really appreciate that. From DTL, hey guys, so about this quarterback with upside, I could see the fan base calling for them as soon as Drew throws one pick. He could go 50-0 go through six games, and they would start calling for Gardner, makes you saying he doesn't throw any picks. Kids these days are just super fickle. <laughs> well, I think if Drew is 15 and all, I think he'll get a little bit of wiggle room. But yeah, Mace, Drew has put himself in this position. Um, he he has been dealt a tough hand, but he didn't perform uh, very well last year. I mean, just every metric says a bottom five quarterback last year. That's why we're talking so much about quarterbacks this year. Uh, and if Drew wants that noise to quiet down, if the Broncos do bring in a hedge, well, he just has to play well in training camp. He has to play well in the preseason, if there is a preseason. And then he's mm-hmm. got to play well if he wins the job. And then that noise will quiet down. But I think if the noise is loud, it, it will be because the, the play just isn't there. Yeah, and look, any other position on the field, if you performed over the course of a season at the level that Drew Locke did relative to other players at your position around the league, there'd be competition. I mean, he... Unfortunately, he has forfeited the right to have that sort of security. So he's got to go back and earn it. He has to do he has to do better. And if he plays the way he did down the stretch, if he can carry it forward to games that are more meaningful, that are of higher leverage, then maybe then maybe he's going to build himself some security, but that's not going to happen right out of the blocks. That's going to probably take a few weeks. He's probably going to have to come out in the first, say, probably four to six games and play very well mm-hmm. before you get to the point where you say if he's making a mistake that the fans are 
calling for the backup to, to come in. He's going to have to, he's going to have to build some success and accumulate it over multiple weeks before he can get past that. He hasn't earned his way past that. And uh, is he looking over his shoulder? Yeah, perhaps, but that's kind of the reality of where it is. Don't forget. You also have a core. He'll be, probably looking over his shoulder uh, even to see the sideline reaction as well, because Vic Fangio could be coaching for his job this year. And I don't think he's going to have a lot of patience with mistakes like the ones that Drew Locke made over the la- over uh, the 2020 season. He's going to want to see a more efficient play. And Mace, you hit it on the head. What this is, this is not against Drew or that, you know, we or other people don't like Drew or George Payton, you know, ne- doesn't necessarily not like Drew, but you, you're just, you're not looking at what happened last year. If they, if just take away Drew's name, take away the quarterback position, any other position that performed bottom five in the league, right. you are looking to upgrade. You're probably looking to upgrade via trade, via free agency and via the draft. So that that's what this is right now. Yeah, exactly. That that's that's where it is, and uh, Drew Locke has the chance to change that. But if he struggles with competition, then you found out something about whether Drew Locke can be the guy or not. If that quarterback can't handle competition in practice, how's he going to flourish during the games? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that also has to come into consideration. Count Locula. Mace, I'm going to go ahead and demand the release of that Greek potato salad recipe. I'll trade you two first round picks and Eric Drett. What do you say? Love the count. <laughs> this is just amazing. And and Hey Duke chimes in and says sources near Greek potato salad say it is willing to hold out for all of the weekend. And if it's, if it is not released, <laughs> oh, Mace, I, I kid you not. I think I dreamed about potato salad last night because of our conversation about your Greek potato salad yesterday. Now I don't think my, my dream included the Greek part, but man, Love some potato salad. Yeah, and you know what, Zach? Um, I am not a potato salad fan in general. Okay. But I love this. That's that's the thing. I mean, potato salad, I any other potato salad I'm completely neutral on, but I will I won't walk a thousand miles, but I'll walk a long way <laughs> to get some of the uh the Greek potato salad, the tarpon spring style. Greek potato salad. There, there's, there is actually a chain of quick service Greek restaurants in the Tampa Bay area, um, Louis Pappas Fresh Greek, where you can find this potato salad. And of course, you can go to the restaurants in Tarpon Springs as well uh, and find that they have it at uh, a couple of great places. If you're ever in the area, are Hellas and um, Mr. Shivlaki, uh for that potato salad, but. Um, the thing is about the recipe, somewhere in a box here in my house, I have an authentic recipe, and I am looking for it right now mm. because there are a few that are that are online that you can find that have this potato salad recipe, but it's not quite the same. I want to find the one that is in this in this cookbook that will allow you to make the real thing on Sunday. So just sit tight. Well, when you find it, we demand the immediate release of it. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 like I said yesterday, it requires some prep. It's not something that's incredibly easy to make. It's not 10 minutes and go. But, uh, of course, that also includes the fact that you have to peel the potatoes and boil them and, and all that. And uh, uh, But, yeah, it's, it's so good. It is 916 right now, and I could eat a bowl of potato salad, Mace. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> wow. That's impressive. <laughs> Next one coming in from Ray City Bronco. Hey, guys, there are a lot of teams projected to be way over the salary cap this year. And I was looking at Spot Track, where at least eight teams sit between 18 and $112 million over the threshold. Could Denver be in a position to swoop in and pick up some players after their cut on the market deals like Shelby Harris was or trade away low draft picks to do what they did with Jarrell Casey last year? I made a quick list of players who have little to no dead cap against them, but take a high chunk of their team's salary cap. Do any of these players stand out as someone Denver should target? There are some good tackles and defensive backs on the list. P.S. I hope the formatting makes sense. Okay, Mace, I'm going to go through this list, and I'm going to name each player. And after I name the player, say yes or no whether they make sense. And I'm going to avoid the money since uh, it wouldn't hurt the Broncos much. Yeah. So let's start off. Linebacker, Quan Alexander. Yes. Yep. Ryan Rams, check. Hell yes, but how do you pronounce that? How did you pronounce that name? Ramscheck? It, Ramcheck. There's no Ramcheck. S in there. Oh, Sorry. yes, yes. Ramscheck. Yeah, no, Ramcheck. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, uh, I know you've said it before, and for some reason it gets stuck. I'm like, what? Uh, hell yes, he makes yeah. sense, but I think the Saints find a way to keep him around. I agree. Marshawn Lattimore. Same thing I'd say for Ramcheck. Yep. Nick Easton. No. Malcolm Brown. Defensive tackle from New Orleans. Maybe, but I'd be re- I'd be inclined to re-sign Shelby Harris first. Agreed. Defensive end, Derek Barnett. Mm, probably not. Eagles wide receiver, Marquise Goodwin. No, no. I agree with you. Atlanta's defensive end, Allen Bailey. Wouldn't make sense, but he's done an upgrade on what you have. Agree. Atlanta's wide receiver, Calvin Ridley. No. Yeah, man, that's a tough one. And, but and, and also, he's so you know he's at the point point in his career. They're, they're they would not make that kind of deal. Period. Totally they're, they're not letting him. Some of these, some of these, frankly, are that they should bring that they should bring up Ray City Bronco. They're not. They are not letting these guys go. Right, right. Ricardo Allen, free safety from the Falcons. Mm, if you let go of Justin Simmons, maybe. Zadarius Smith, outside linebacker, Green Bay. They'll find a way to keep him. I would think so, too. Otherwise, you would be interested. Well, this next one, no way would he be available. Wide receiver, Devontae Adams. Could you imagine the slap in the face that would be to Aaron Rodgers? If you're committing to Aaron Rodgers, you're not letting go of these guys. Again, there's going to be some cap gymnastics, and Green Bay has always liked to be a pay-as-you-go team, but I think that may change to account for Aaron Rodgers the next few years. They may start putting some of this on a credit card uh, to give him the best chance to win. Yeah, I think you have to. Cornerback Joe Hayden from the Steelers. He'd make a lot of sense. I totally agree. TJ Watt, outside linebacker for the Steelers. Yes, of course you do that, but no chance he's available. They're never letting him go. No, never. In fact, they may be picking up his brother to keep him around. Uh, Right tackle Trent Brown from the Raiders. Mm. if they did let him go you'd think about it but i i think they would find a way to keep find a way to 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 keep him around at a restructure he's a restructure candidate yeah yeah but i agree if he's available you you touch base quarterback marcus mariota if they let go of mariota 100 percent, you try to get him i agree tyron matthew free safety with the chiefs of course yeah uh matthew and and the next guy tyree kill here I think they'll find a way to keep both too important to what the Chiefs are doing. Uh, but um, Matthew, if they let him go, absolutely. But yeah. I don't think they're letting him go. Absolutely. I totally agree with both of those. Tyree Kill won't be available. Mitchell Swartz, right tackle of the Chiefs. 
Uh, some injury concerns, but uh, if they did let him go, yes. Yep, I agree. And then Chiefs left tackle, Eric Fisher. Of course, with the uh, the Achilles injury that he had, he's going to be dealing with that. Uh, so they're, they're, they're locked in with him. They're not letting him go. Yeah, I was going to say, if you can get him for cheap, but you're right. probably not getting him for cheap because, of course, you'd be moving him to the right side anyway, so probably not. Right. There, there, there were a couple names there, though, that, that, that we said yes to, so those could be some names for the Broncos for sure. And if the Saints don't find a way to hang on to Marshawn Lattimore, that would be one. I, uh, the thing is, I if Marshawn Lattimore, for instance, is available in a trade, I, I don't want to get in a position where I'm giving up, say, the first-round pick. I don't think the Broncos are at that stage in their development. Right. to to be sacrificing that first round pick for anything that isn't a QB. Right. I, I, I totally understand that. Next one from the Chad. Gentlemen, I feel like we dodged a major bullet with Matt Stafford. He would have led us to eight and eight for years to come. Now, with him out of the picture, I think my ideal offseason would be one, let, land Deshaun Watson and give them whatever they want. Two, when that doesn't happen, we should roll it back with essentially the same roster and trade back in the draft to stockpile. 2022 draft picks then normally i am lockstep with mace but disagree with the hedge with upside i think it would be best to see lock crush it next year but if he doesn't we should just let the ship sink i don't think any of the potential hedges with upside will pan out to be anything more than middle of the road quarterbacks this will position us well to have peyton to install his own coaching staff and then have the firepower to go get his guy in 2022 draft and put a few pieces around that guy if Locke does pan out, then you will have enough capital to put a few more pieces around Locke and company to start making some serious run at things. How say you? Well, the reason why I want the hedge with upside is just it's another possibility. I mean, it's sort of like um, it's like how if you know if you're in if you're in a game, let's say that you're let's say that you're behind by ten points with six minutes to go. You want to score quickly and and ideally not use your timeouts. And then and and then let's let's say you've got three minutes. Let's say you get that touchdown and you got three minutes left and you're kicking off. Maybe it, you think about the onside kick, maybe you kick it deep. The reason why I do an onside kick there is because they're going to run out the clock either way on you. If they get a couple of first downs, the onside kick gives me one more possibility of getting the ball back. Whereas if I kick it deep, I only all, if I stop them, I get the ball back, but I take away the onside kick as a possibility. So if you onside kick, Hey, maybe they get the ball, but at least you basically went from one shot of getting the ball back that time to try to win the game, which is to get a stop on defense to two, the onside kick or getting a stop on defense. And the hedge with upside basically gives you two avenues to finding a long-term quarterback if Drew Locke doesn't pan out. You put that hedge with upside in and he does well, like Ryan Tannehill did, boom, you found your guy. And you don't have to go into the draft next year. If he doesn't, then you go in the draft. Whereas if you just have a bridge quarterback and Drew Locke works out, what you're saying is, all right, we're all in for we're all in for next year. That's it. But you don't have that extra possibility. I like having more avenues to try to find that guy. Yeah, and in the chat, I understand where you're coming from, but I think what 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 is missing here is the 
there is they're going to have a hedge whether it's a hedge with high upside whether it's a you know a 30 year old who you know what he is and he's just going to be a steady hedge like an Andy Dalton Tyrod Taylor type there will be a hedge so that's where it comes in as okay well do you want the guy Andy Dalton who's going to come in you know what he is and he's going to lead you to eight and eight wins because what they're not going to do is if Drew struggles for the first eight games even four games really but if he struggles for the first eight games they're not just going to keep him in and let the team fail they're going to have a backup and that's something that could have happened last year uh the Chad because they did not have a hedge quarterback It, it wasn't anything good I mean Jeff Driscoll was not the type of guy that you wanted as a backup so it's just I think that's what you're not considering here um, because I totally agree I mean the, the if the Broncos aren't good next year the best thing is for them to be really bad so that they can get a better quarterback it's the best thing for the team it's also not the best thing for Vic Fangio and I don't know how you look Vic Fangio in the eye and say here you are in a year where you have to win but we didn't do everything we could to get you the best hedge possible with Drew Locke I I I mean, and again, like you mentioned, Jeff Driscoll, uh, we see how the Broncos paid the price for not investing in the backup quarterback because they feared, uh, you know, having somebody who might push and uh, be somebody the fans called for. So make sure you have a clear backup who really can't uh, approach Drew Locke and uh, and compete for the job. Uh, that proved to be folly. It uh, it helped torpedo it helped torpedo this this the season. I mean that you know. If you have a little bit better as a backup quarterback, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe you pull off that upset of Pittsburgh in week two. Yep, exactly. Maybe it's- you do better against Tampa Bay in week three. And then you've changed the entire trajectory of the year. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. Next one from Low Country Bronco. Morning, boys. What do you think the Texans would say to 2022 first, 2023 first, and two 2021 twos, Chubb and Simmons? Would that get it done for Watson? I have to think Denver is in a place is a place that Deshaun could be into in terms of what he wants. If we were to get rid of two of our younger, better defensive players, does that put Fangio in a hotter seat, you think? Thank, thank you guys for doing the pod every day. I really enjoy it and look forward to it every day. You guys really are the best in the pod business, LCB. Man, LCB, you're making my day right there. Thank you so much. And we, when I say this, I truly mean it. We really appreciate every single one of you that listens with us. Yeah, I really appreciate everyone for writing with us. And, uh, you know, that's an interesting trade offer. I think the Texans would, would be tempted. Now, what is interesting is sort of there's this focus on is Drew is Deshaun Watson interested in the Broncos? Is he not interested in the Broncos? Um, Adam Schefter, I believe, over on 1043 the fan for his appearance yesterday, he or yesterday or, or the day before, it was earlier this week. Uh, the date, the actual date escapes me a little bit, but he mentioned that Deshaun Watson hasn't made a list. <laughs> he wants out, but he hasn't made a list of the places he wants to go because, of course, you have you know Mike Cliss saying, "Oh, he's got a list down to five and and Woody Page saying that the Broncos aren't as on his list. I, I think Schefter's probably right on here that it's at the stage where where Sean Watson hasn't made that list and is waiting for the kind of the market to formulate and see the possibilities. Now, if the Raiders, as we mentioned at the top of this podcast, if the Raiders are trying to position their chess pieces to make a deal for Deshaun Watson, that's an attractive situation for a lot of reasons. Even though they haven't been a winning organization, it's an attra- it's, it's a state that has uh, no state income tax, so you keep more of your money that you bring in, kind of like Texas, where Deshaun Watson is right now. And I imagine the 
presence of John Gruden would probably have some allure to him working with him on a, on a day to day, on a, on a day to day basis that uh, Deshaun Watson is a guy who, who kind of likes, he likes being challenged and he's one of the sharpest uh, minds of any quarterback playing that position right now. And I'm sure John Gruden would look at Deshaun Watson and say, Hey, I want some of that uh, because John Gruden, he's gone through many quarterbacks over the years and he, he's like, you, you think he's found his guy. Maybe he hasn't. John Gruden is looking for that intellectual extension of himself. Yeah. On the field. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, I see it too. And Mesa, another thing is we talk about a big selling point for Deshaun Watson to the Broncos being all the weapons they have on offense. Well, I think the Broncos have more weapons than the Raiders do. The Raiders aren't short of weapons on offense with Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller, maybe the the league's best top three tight end at least and then also josh jacobs so i mean it's not like the raiders don't have anything to sell him on uh but mace do the texans take two future first round picks instead of the nine this year uh no yeah i just think the i just think the offers are going to be too competitive where that that'll be close but it just won't get it done throw the nine in there and now we're talking even though you look at this draft and it's kind of shaky houston there with no first round picks this year, they want into the first round. And so I know a few people have suggested on social media as well. Uh, I don't think you're getting a deal for Deshaun Watson done with only future ones. There has to be a one this year involved. I totally, totally agree. And Mace, if you want this type of in-depth coverage of rugby, well, the DNVR is the place to turn for that. Our guy Colton Strickler is breaking down everything American rugby since Glendale is now known as Rugby Town USA. So it's not just Colorado rugby. You'll get at thednvr.com and everywhere you find podcasts at DNVR Rugby and on Twitter at DNVR Rugby. You'll be getting all things American rugby and our guy Colton Strickler does such a great job he's talking to guys like Glenn Robinson who played in the AAF and XFL son of big dog Robinson he's talking uh to Gerald McDowell former defensive lineman at old or at Old Miss and Calgary Stampeders of the CFL he's got so many people that he's talking to putting out great articles and podcasts and breaking down the game if you want to learn the game so make sure to check out DNVR rugby on Twitter DNVR rugby in anywhere you find podcasts and make sure to subscribe to that podcast. It really helps us. And then also at the dnvr.com, make sure to check out our rugby coverage. Ah, yes. And uh, there's a lot going on in the rugby sphere. And of course, there's probably a lot going on with your teeth right now. Are you taking care? Are you taking care of them? Well, Green Mountain Dental Group is a, get the best place to do what we call the best damn family owned dentist in the metro area. And of course, they are, our Colorado sports fans, just like the rest of us, we've had several DMVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. And they let us know how great their experience was and thank us for leading them to such a wonderful practice. They're over in Lakewood, so not too far away, 15 minutes from downtown Denver. They'll treat you like family. And guess what? If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. So tweet at us when you go there. But another thing that's in play right now Green Mountain Dental Group, a great family dentist. It's also a great place to work. And if you know anyone who needs a job or if you need a job and you're in the Denver area, know this. Green Mountain Dental Group is looking for an experienced office manager slash bookkeeper. It's a salaried position with great benefits. The role of the office manager is to organize and coordinate administrative duties and office procedures. 
It requires 10 years of office manager experience. Other duties include preparing payroll, monthly financials, experience with a variety of office software, ordering dental supplies, handling marketing and advertising, supervising staff, etc. The team, it's an incredible group of people to work with over at Green Mountain Dental. So call them today. If you or anyone you know is interested, call 303-988-0711 or head to their website at greenmountaindentalgroup.com for more information. So it's not only a great family dentist, it's also a great place to work in. So there's that opportunity. If you or anyone you know is interested in being an office manager or bookkeeper at Green Mountain Dental Group, call 303-988-0711 or head to their website, greenmountaindentalgroup.com. All right, Mace, let's get back into the comment section. Next one from Casper. Fellas, Jerry Judy lost more games this season than he did his entire career at Alabama. You could tell by watching him during interviews that it really wore on him. My concern is that if the Broncos do not find a true franchise guy in the near future, that Jerry Judy will be more inclined to hit free agency after his rookie deal and sign with a team that has a quarterback that will allow him to win Super Bowls. How say you? Well, I'm sure Zach could think of one guy the Broncos could draft that could probably make Jerry Judy very happy. <laughs> Mac, let's do it. Uh. Um, yeah, I mean, Mace, also, if the Broncos don't have a franchise guy and Jerry Judy's upset, it probably means Jerry Judy isn't producing to the level he wants to produce. So not only is he not winning, he's also not producing. So that probably would make him want to try somewhere else. Yeah, that probably would. Oh, man. Yeah, hope. Oh, man. I mean, that's still in a long time. Let's hope that the Broncos have their quarterback by then. Yeah, a long way to go. I mean, that could be three or four years out if the Broncos pick up the fifth year option on Jerry Judy. So I get the concern, but uh, as Calvin Coolidge once said, if there are 10 problems rolling down the road to you, nine of them are going to end up in the ditch before they get to you. <laughs> I like that. I like you have that. to deal with the, the so you deal with the one that gets to you when it comes, but <laughs> you don't concern yourself. And I think that Jerry Judy, this is probably one of the problems that ends up in the ditch before it reaches you. Yes, I would. I would hope so, man, or else it's going to be a while. It's going to yes. be a long couple of years. Broncos since seven says mile high Minshew. I'll buy the t-shirt. I love you, it. You know what? If uh Gardner Minshew is, acquired by the Broncos that's the stuff that our t-shirt friends dream of oh yes absolutely you know there's <laughs> going to be something spicy coming in the DNVR locker if Gardner makes you as a Denver Bronco oh man that would be so so good I'm sure we could have stuff for the quarterback competition I'm sure we could have everything Minshew we'll probably just straight up have mustaches mustaches and mullets i mean really that's all you need right a mustache and a mullet yep mile high Minshew mustache mullet mania there we go <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that would be fun gardner makes you would be a lot of fun that's it, all that's all i'll say i mean for for a hedge quarterback he's as fun as you can get mm. <laughs> there's a joie de vivre in him that i i really admire exactly oh, without a doubt lou drock says hey guys so last week i told you my nightmare regarding watson to the raiders then last night vincent Bogan. how do you say that mace bon signore 
Bonsignore. Oh, very French. I get it. Maybe we should pay close attention to the last six letters of his surname. Tweeted that Carr could be up for grabs. And that may be of a trade for Watson. The nightmare is becoming real. Yes, Lou Drock. We lived it in the first segment. Hopefully that's the last time we have to live it, not in real life. My question for you is this. If it sounds like the Raiders are getting close to a deal for Watson, do you think Peyton would and should then try to offer whatever he can for him? It's one thing missing out on Watson. It's another thing having him go to another AFC West team and then spending another 10 plus years having the worst quarterback play in the West. Cheers, Charlie. Short answer. Yes, absolutely. If the Raiders offer three first round picks, find a way to offer four. (laughs) Right, exactly. Trade a couple second round picks to get another first round pick so that you can offer four. Toss another player into the equation at 100%. If the Raiders are bearing down on him, you come in with a better offer. If, again, if Deshaun Watson is interested in being a Bronco. Oh my gosh, just absolutely nightmarish. Man, Charlie, you put that into our mind last week and uh, it's not going away. Yep. Dan Burke. Hey guys, this is long. I know, but it's the off season. I'm sure y'all want a break from talking about Deshaun Watson and quarterback. So here it goes. It seems like the Broncos might be following a cycle here. If we go back to 2009, they hired the young inexperienced head coach in McDaniels and were routinely out coached during that stretch with several blowouts. Then they hired a coach that brought respectability and discipline back to the Broncos. And then when that relationship had been maximized, they hired a player's coach to bring them over the top. By the way, I wouldn't call Gary Kubiak a player's coach. I mean, he's a former player, and guys liked liked him, but he wasn't like a buddy buddy players coach. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that that's something that 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 is kind of a misnomer about Gary Kubiak that he's straight up a players coach. Players liked him, but he's very straightforward and candid with with them, and uh, and sometimes he's can't he's blunt in that candor. Hmm. So. After that, they hired Vance Joseph, a young, experienced head coach, and were routinely outcoached during that stretch with several blowouts. Then they hired a coach who brought back respectability and discipline with Vic. Obviously, the difference is lack of team success, but Fox also had Peyton, so I'm going to cut Vic some slack. I think the Broncos' relationship with Vic is close to being maximized, so the question is, who is the Kubiak to take the team over the top? Just so happens, there's a coach out there for the 2022 cycle who was also a backup to a Hall of Fame QB and then OC and also has previous head coaching experience, Doug Peterson. Brandon Brooks was coached by Kubiak then Doug and said that Doug reminded him of a young Gary Kubiak in terms of being a coach the guys want to play for. I know how it went in South Philly this year, but I still believe in Doug and a lot of what happened or what transpired in Philly was the result of a power struggle with a meddling owner and a Howie Smithers Roseman having way too much power. The dude controls the 53, the game day roster, the draft, the cap, even the medical staff. Shake my head. Give Doug a competent OC that bounce ideas off of a collaborative GM and the respect he deserves as a Super Bowl winning head coach. And I'm confident he'll thrive in his next spot. What do you all think? Yeah, I think uh, Doug Peterson is going to be maybe the hottest name, uh, especially the 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 hottest f- second time coach name out there next year. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, and so, if the Broncos are looking for someone, Mace, especially if they're looking for an offensive mind, that could be the guy that they turn to. Exactly, and I think uh, if they do move on from Vic, sort of that pattern says bring in not really a pattern but sort of the the trend would say bring in somebody who's been a head coach look if you just look at the broncos history over time all but one of their super bowls in france in recent history or pardon me if you look at their history 
everything since like 1990, all the success has been with guys who were head coaches somewhere else. Dan Reeves was the first time head coach. Red Miller was the first time head coach before, but you go to the last three decades and it's been Mike Shanahan. It's been John Fox. It's been Gary Kubiak who've uh, been on, on the job for most of the success and uh, uh, less success for Wade Phillips, for Josh McDaniels, for Vance Joseph uh, to date for Vic Fangio. If it were my team, I would only hire people who'd been head coaches somewhere before college or pro. Uh, somebody who's run their own shop, has had good and bad, learned from the mistakes, learned from best practices, and can implement them in, in the next stop. So Doug Peterson certainly fits that bill. Doug Peterson's also going to be very expensive. Mm-hmm. And he will have plenty of offers. And what does the Broncos situation look like? What does the quarterback situation look like? I think it's fun to consider but uh, would the Broncos be in a better position than some other teams that might be on the market for a head coach at that time? Because Doug Peterson, a year from now, is going to have his choice of jobs. Yes, he certainly will. So it'll be the Broncos recruiting him more so than uh, – or, right. or he'll, he'll be you know interviewing the Broncos more than the Broncos will be interviewing him. And the other thing that may come into play is that um, Peterson, you know, kind of sitting on the sideline, has nothing but time this coming year – the team that gets Doug Peterson might be the one might be the one that starts its process early. As in, if it's going bad, they make the head coaching change at midseason, which basically frees them up to start interviewing people for the job in season. And let's say you have a team that fires its coach after week nine and then they start they reach out to Peterson. Shoot, Peterson can start putting together his staff even before the end of the regular season. He can say, well, I know I want this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And he can really, uh, even though you can't name him head coach until the end of the season, he's he could really kind of have a leg up on in, in that situation compared to other situations that might uh, come come into play. So there, there are a lot of factors to consider here. Exactly. Next one from LDJ. I encourage all DNVR family to watch Albright on Broncos Country tonight episode from yesterday. He and Woody are by far the most trusted sources I trust. And point blank, he kept it all the way honest. He, Albright, was speaking the gospel. One, he said there's a ton of bad reporting about the Matthew Stafford trade, and Drew was never on the table. That's what Detroit wanted. That's not what Peyton offered. Two, if it's Deshaun Watson, who's 25, of course, the Broncos are willing to part ways with Drew, but not for Stafford and what they were asking for. Three, this is why I believe in Albright where we are whether we want to admit it or not George Payton is starting a full rebuild on the defense Kareem Jackson is 32 Vaughn is 32 Casey and Boye are probably gone does Shelby come back you basically have Draymond Simmons and Chubb and a whole lot of defense to fill this makes so much sense we have to get younger on defense if we give up two ones two twos Chubb and Simmons we have to rebuild in free agency and manipulate the cap, and Broncos don't have tons of cash to load front contracts with bonuses like a Stan Kroenke. This is a symptom of trading Deshaun Watson. It's going to cost so much. Can you win and trade for him? And Broncos will try will, will try to trade for him, but Peyton said he won't be reckless. I don't know if getting Deshaun is realistic for this team. P.S. Albright said in Broncos country, I'm praying for Dak. I'm praying that gets I'm praying that gets toxic and Dak walks away and the best shot other than running it back with drew and going on with a quarterback, because he said any quarterback coming here should look at the team as a point guard away. We just hope drew is that, and we can, or we can find that. Yeah. You don't want to be reckless, but at the same time, if you're trading for Deshaun Watson, you're willing to give up a lot. And you're also saying with Deshaun Watson, that we're going to be an offensive centric team 
and looking for our defense to be just good enough to be average. And you're counting on Vic to scheme a defense that may have less than solid personnel to be at least average to complement that, that offense. And uh, that's something that might work. So I don't think, frankly, I think it would be unwise if George Payton backed away from trading for Deshaun Watson just because I need those picks for defense or I need this on defense. No, 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 no. That's something you accept that your success equation is going to be different. It's not going to be defensive centric. And then you start rebuilding that defense over time with what you do still have. If rebuilding the defense is a reason why you don't get Deshaun Watson, if, if Watson is on the market, then you failed. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree, Mason. Also, if you're making this deal, two ones, two twos, uh, and uh, Justin Simmons and Bradley Chubb, well, then you kept every single piece on offense. You don't need to touch offense uh, for, for, for a while, Mace, if your draft picks worked out the way that they should have. So you won't have to touch offense at all. So any resource you have can go to defense. And don't forget that in the bigger picture, if you have Deshaun Watson, that gives you a quarterback that will allow you to get some players on discounts, the old hometown discount, uh, not really hometown, but the discount they used to get when you had Peyton Manning because guys wanted to play with him. That comes back into play if you have Deshaun Watson. So that's why they're, they're the, the, the level that I would pay for Deshaun Watson, it's very high. And if I say, okay, I have to give up another player on the defensive side uh, to do it, then I'm doing it, even though, you are looking at needing to reshuffle reshuffle the, the deck on defense. Yep, yep, I agree, Mace. Next one from Sebastian Airbay. My boys, hope y'all are doing great. You too, Sebastian. I just had a quick question today. So last week, you guys touched on this briefly, but let's assume Drew is a starting quarterback next year. So you think him knowing that the Broncos were all in on Stafford will hurt his confidence? And I know that Kareem Jackson has tried to get Deshaun here. So you think any relationships could be fractured? I don't know. It seems like Drew is a guy who needs all the confidence he can get right now due to his subpar season last year. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks for everything. Much love, Sebastian. A, if Drew, well, for, 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 first of all, let me make this point. Point A, I, I got him backward in my mind. A, Drew Locke's a pretty confident guy. B, if it does affect Drew Locke's confidence, he wasn't the guy. Right. Right. A- a- absolutely. And and I agree with that, Mace. Uh, and also, I think Sebastian is – Drew can't really do anything about it if his feelings were hurt or he feels disrespected because he hasn't earned that. You know, if you're talking about, let's say, you know, Patrick Mahomes, they're talking about trading for a quarterback. Well, Patrick Mahomes could say, what in the world? You're trading a quarterback. My feelings are hurt. You need to trade me. Um, that's the type of quarterback. I mean, if you are, you don't even have to be an elite quarterback, but if you're a franchise guy and then you hear of your team, you know, potentially looking to get a quarterback, that's when it can really cause drama for Drew. He just has to say, he just has to step back and realize I wasn't good enough last year. I need to be better. And of course, they're probably going to be looking for options. I mean, I'm going cliche mode here, but this is the NFL, which as Jerry Glanville said many years ago, stands not for not for long. Okay. And you have to understand that if you're not elite at your position, they're looking for somebody to take your job. I mean, just look at the fact that we're sitting here today talking about the possibility of the Raiders jettisoning Derek Carr 
to bring in Deshaun Watson. Derek Carr is a pretty good quarterback. I would say yeah. an above average quarter quarterback. I mean, uh, he he's not somebody that you've worried about the last few years. Uh, he's become a pro, a productive guy. Unspectacular, yes, but still productive. And the Raiders are saying good is not good enough. The Raiders might be saying good is not good enough, and we want more. So yeah. that that's the NFL for you, right there. Yeah. If if Derek Carr is potentially in play because the Raiders want an upgrade. You can't expect the Broncos with Drew Locke to say, based on last year, this he's lock, stock, barrel, our guy. <laughs> right. I mean, that would be a, a failure on the organization to, to do something like that. Exactly. And Mace, last one coming in from the other Ryan, my boys. I fear that the Las Vegas Raiders will offer three first three seconds, Max Crosby and possibly Darren Waller to trade for Deshaun Watson. That probably gets a deal done. I would agree with you. I don't know if the Houston Texans want Derek Carr, but he could be thrown into at the very least as a higher end stopgap. Nevada has no state income tax and Mike Mayock loves in some Clemson players. All I know is that facing Patrick Mahomes, Watson and Justin Herbert six times in a season, every season for the next 15 years is terrifying. How concerned should we be that Watson ultimately ends up with the Raiders? Have a wondrous Wednesday. DNB Army salute. Well, Mace, it's not just us. Everyone's starting to think about this and realize, oh my goodness. It's not a wondrous Wednesday if you're thinking about it. Uh, that being said, I mean, there, there are myriad possibilities here for Deshaun Watson. This is one of them. Don't start losing sleep just yet, even though it is something that should make you nervous. What I hope it does, Zach, is if there's an indication that the Raiders are in on this, I hope that it spurs George Payton to action and doing something bold, even something that may be considered audacious to yeah. get to, to try to get Deshaun Watson in Denver. I hope Kareem Jackson could sell Deshaun Watson on Denver. And I hope that if and when Deshaun Watson makes a list per se, that the Broncos will be on that list. You bring out all the stops if you find the Raiders are seriously oh. going for Deshaun. And hey, just last night is when we kind of started to see some of those things get in motion. So this is something where you don't sit back. If you're George Payton, you need to make something happen because we've talked about it, just how terrible it would be. I mean, this is this is a woeful Wednesday if that happens. Thursdays in Broncos country will be terrible Thursdays. I mean, this would be this would be tough. So it's going to be interesting to follow. But Mace, I think you said it best. This isn't something that's going to happen quick in the next couple of days or, or even weeks with Deshaun. This is something that's probably going to take a long time. The Texans are finally going to have to admit and start accepting offers for him. And then Deshaun's going to have to say where he would waive his no trade clause too. But unfortunately, I don't think the Raiders are a team that we can say, nope, probably no interest there. He could live yeah. in Las Vegas, no income tax. Uh, and so that I think that is a possibility, unfortunately. Spectacular new stadium. I mean, like you said, it's Vegas. The Raiders, as bad as they've been for the last 17 years or so, that's still a uniform that a lot of players look at and say, man, I'd look good in it. Wouldn't it be something, though, if they traded for Deshaun Watson, all Raiders fans would ha with car jerseys would have to do would be just to <laughs> take some duct tape and write Watson on the back of the jersey, and then they'd, yeah. they'd be set. <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. Oh, man. 
That would be something else. And before we head out of here, we gotta we gotta clean our mouth right now, Mace, because that was mm-hmm. that's just a horrifying thought to think of Deshaun going to the Raiders. And there's no better way to clean your mouth, Mace, than with a free Sonicare toothbrush. And you can get that free Sonicare toothbrush by scheduling a cleaning, X-ray, and exam with our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. And of course, like Mace mentioned earlier, Green Mountain Dental is looking for an experienced manager and bookkeeper. So if you are, are want to apply, make sure to apply right now. You can give them a call at 303-988-0711 or head to their website, greenmountaindentalgroup.com for more information. Again, they're looking for an office manager and bookkeeper. It's a salary position, great benefits. So make sure to check them out. Give them a call 303-988-0711 or visit them at greenmountaindentalgroup.com for more information on that position. And Mace, make sure to check out Green Mountain Dental. Schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for joining Mace and I today. Uh, I've really appreciated all of your comments and everything. It's been a very fun kind of uneasy conversation, but one we need to have. And heck, maybe it's something that spurs George Payton to get on the phone and get Deshaun Watson to Denver. So for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a wonderful Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thank you.